Hi, this is Tanya S. Holly. I'm the director of When I Find the Ocean, and you are listening to On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 47 of On Screen and Beyond. Brian Zemrak with you once again. And have we got a show for you on the interview segment of this show we have writer director producer tanya s holly whose film when i find the ocean is released in theaters on may 11th now this is a little bit different because the film has come out on dvd but it has been chosen to be released with a a, a series of independent films that are going out to theaters so um it's quite an honor to have that and uh She's on our show to talk about that, and we've already had Bernie Casey uh, back in February to talk about the film. So now we're going to have the director, writer, and producer of it, and then we're going to have a few other people this week and um, let you in on what they are and who they are coming up shortly in um, a little bit. So anyways, Tanya was a great person to talk to, and uh, that interview is coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen to Be On. But uh, like I said, it's episode 47, and we're going to go into Remake Madness coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, Remake Madness, well, you know, since we had an episode just yesterday, of course, um, there's not a whole lot of remakes and uh, sequels that uh, have come by since then, but we do have a clarification on Remake Madness. And this is sort of an update on the Bonnie and Clyde story that we reported on a while back. It turns out it is not going to be a remake, but a new story about the couple. And it will star Hilary Duff, and you can hear the writer and director of that film talk about it during our interview segment on this episode. That's right, Tanya S. Hawley, who wrote and directed and produced When I Find the Ocean, is also the writer, producer, and director of the Bonnie and Clyde story, starring Hilary Duff, which is going to be coming out next year. She's going to talk about that film and the other film and uh, all sorts of great things. So be sure to check that interview out coming up in just a few minutes here on On Screen and Beyond. So that's about it for Remake Madness. It's more of a clarification, like I said. And uh, coming up next, Up and Coming Movies, right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Upcoming movies, well, it looks like Christian Slater is rumored to be starring in a film called Gideon's Gift. It's headed for a November 2010 release. It's about an 8-year-old girl who is fighting cancer and turns uh, to a homeless man and uh, inspires a uh, Christmas miracle. So that sounds like a good movie. It stars Ellie Fanning, and it's uh, 
presumably she's going to be the eight-year-old girl, I would guess. Also, Miss Fanning will also star in Vivaldi this year. And it's a biography about Antonio Vivaldi's early life when he was a young priest and became the music teacher at a school for illegitimate daughters of Venice's courtesans. And uh, it's also starring Malcolm McDowell and Nev Campbell. So you might want to check that one out. And then Sandra Bullock and Thomas Hayden Church will star in All About Steve. It's a comedy about a woman who sets out to prove to a CNN cameraman that they belong together. That's about it for upcoming movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Sequel City. Well, taking you down to Sequel City, it looks like Rob Zombie's H2 is in the works. And, of course, we told you that uh, a while ago. But here's an update on the film. Malcolm McDowell will play Dr. Samuel Lewis. And the cast will also include Howard Hessman of WKRP fame and Weird Al Yankovic. So that sounds interesting. Uh, Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. Well, we got a couple of TV on DVD things coming your way. It looks like Season 8 of Bewitched arrives on DVD on July 14th. And July 21st, look for Season 4 of Charlie's Angels. And Season 4 of Supernatural is on the way. And uh, some retailers are actually taking pre-orders right now, but there is no release date yet that has been talked about. So uh, they are coming your way. You know that because they are taking pre-orders, but you don't really know when it's going to come out. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that. And that's about it uh, for TV on DVD on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we have our interview with Tanya S. Hawley, who's the writer, director, and producer, like I said, of the film When I Find the Ocean. Great family film. It comes out in theaters on May 11th. If you get a chance, check it out. And that's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. this episode of On Screen Beyond, we have the director of When I Find the Ocean, which comes to theaters on May 11th, and it's Tanya S. Hawley. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Hi there. It's great to be here. Tanya, this movie is uh, coming out, as I said, on May 11th. Uh, can you give us an idea of what the film is about? Uh, when I Find the Ocean is set in the year 1965 uh, in Alabama, uh, and it's about a little girl that... Her father was lost at sea, and she hears him calling to her. And it's, it's a journey uh, with her and her rabbit and her dog. Uh, they set out to find the ocean to find him, uh, but she also ha- is escaping um, uh, a very intense situation with uh, a soon-to-be husband of her mom. Um, and she's also uh, has to go through a lot on her journey. So she befriends a tugboat captain played by Bernie Casey, and uh, uh, they they get tangled up in the uh, uh, Civil Rights March in Selma, Alabama, but everything comes out, and it's a wonderful ending. Um, but it's, it's about uh, overcoming obstacles and following your heart, and uh, it, it's just an amazing, I call it the uh, uh, little film with a big heart. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Tonya, I mentioned, uh, of course, that you were the director of the film, 
but uh, that's not actually all you were. You had quite a bit to do with the film. Uh, can you give us an idea of what else you had to do on that film? Uh, I'm actually the writer, uh, producer, and director on the film, mm-hmm. uh, and executive produced with my partner, business partner, uh, Thomas Rogers. And uh, um, I wrote this based on a belief I had as a child, that you, when, when I was small, I believed you could follow the creek that would take you to the ocean, and it came from that belief as, uh, as a child. I wrote down the title and uh, uh, put the script together over many years, and, uh, um, and then I pulled everything together to make it happen for my company in 2001, and this was our first feature. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's funny how things take so much time to, to actually um, get to where you, you want to get it. <laughs> Right. It, it doesn't, uh, a lot of people think that it happens overnight, and it might for some people, but it's sure, it, most people, I think, it, it really takes a long time to make it happen. And even when you are shooting, it, you shoot it, and it takes, you know, a minimum of a year mm-hmm. from actually get, being on the set and pulling it together till it's ready to be distributed. Yeah. Now, um, was it difficult wearing all those hats, you know, while yes, you're making films? <laughs> I mean, especially the first time, you know, going with a big, a big film, a lot of uh, actors, uh, you know, with uh, a lot of credibility. I mean, there were a lot of, there was quite a cast on this film. Great cast. Uh, it was a script. Um, everyone loved the script. And uh, Lee Majors, uh, Diane Ladd, Graham Greene, Bernie Casey, George Lindsay, Amy Redford, Richard Tyson, uh, Natalie Canterday, she who was in Sling Blade, um, and uh, and my daughter Lily, Lily Matlin Holly. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I mean that's <laughs> that's that's quite a quite a cast. Um, now, uh, how did you get them to be in the film? The script, you know, um, uh, and once they read the script, I, I got immediate. Um, they they were ready to do it, and mm-hmm. uh, just got the script to them and that was the most important thing is getting them attached and liking the script now of course being the writer of a film and some people may not know what goes on with the filming of a, of a movie but uh, um, a lot of times you hear where you have the script you follow it but when they actually make it it doesn't come out exactly like the writer wrote it uh, in <laughs> fact I was talking to uh, Barry Morrow who wrote Rain Man and he, I asked him that question, you know, uh, and he said that they actually changed quite a bit. Uh, now, of course, you being the writer and director, did things change as you were filming, or absolutely, you knew exactly what you wanted, or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing because, um, you know, I, 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 even as a director of my own script, um, some things just don't work. You know, it it reads very well, but when you start hearing it or seeing it. In every movie I've ever worked on, um, the script changes constantly. And, uh, I mean, you get a new page, a different color every day, because they'll say, oh, you go with the yellow pages, and you know, or you go with the pink pages. They, so the script becomes a rainbow of colors when the changes have been made. And so that's, the script changed quite a bit. Wow, yeah. Uh, but, um, and, and then even after we shot a lot of that, then it's, in, in editing, you're cutting out even more. So it, it's pretty amazing uh, when you see what works and what 
you can eliminate uh, to get it to that hour and a half or two hour movie. Yeah, that, that was one of the questions I was going to ask because I talk with so many filmmakers and they'll tell me that, you know, well, what the, the, the version you just saw at this film festival is not the final one. We're going to be changing something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like, you know, there's, there's edit after edit, even after it's been out in the festivals even. Oh, uh, we, our, our movie was two hours. And uh, for a kid audience, it's a little long, you know, mm -hmm. so we decided to cut, and we cut some of the most beautiful scenes. Uh, there's so many beautiful scenes in there that got edited out simply because uh, for an adult audience it was great, but if you're to capture the kids' attention and keep it there, we needed to cut some of those scenes that um, were not as important to children as it was to the adults, so we did that. We cut a lot of really great scenes that really get more into uh, the adult characters, so mm -hmm. we cut those out. Now, is that difficult being, the, you know, the director, the writer, yes. and everything else? You, you, you said, oh, I don't want to cut that. <laughs> yes, it was awful. It was like, you know, but it, it's like you're attached uh, to something so much, and you just don't want to let it go. And even now, I'd like to go back and re-edit it. I, it's like I, I've heard Robert Redford and many people say, uh, you know, Ron Howard, uh, that they're just, you could edit all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. you could constantly change the film. Uh, it's, it's, it's just like I, I'd gone to the premiere of Lions for Lambs, and Robert Redford spoke and said, this no longer belongs to me. It is now belongs to you. And, um, and that's so true, you know, because once we're done with it, it's not, it doesn't belong to us anymore. It becomes you know, the audience. Yeah. Boy, that's got to be the hardest thing, you know. It's like this is your baby, <laughs> and it never re-reviews. That was something else I've been given by many different directors and writers. Don't read the reviews because um, not everybody's going to like your your what you love. Oh yeah, and you're so sure that everybody's going to love it, and then you know um, people just get really intense. And now everyone's a critic, so, right? Yeah, uh, with the internet now, people just slam everything and they dissect everything and um uh but this film if you're wanting a big action picture this is not your film this is a uh a, a film of the heart and it's actually a uh a family oriented and it's got it's a faith-based film as well mm -hmm. um so it's you know we do show the faith of the family in there and their beliefs yeah well that um you know, and the thing is, with with all these big blockbusters, with the blowing up of the cars and the the action and the CGI and all those things, it's like the one thing they're missing is the story. And, right. And it's you know, I mean, it's nice to see a, a movie that actually has a story. And it does, and it it is about a little girl with, you know, it is about it's it, someone called it like a, mo, a, a a female version of, of Tom Sawyer, and it kind of is, you know, mm -hmm. because she just. She knows how to tell time by the sun. She knows how to, you know, uh, find your way by the stars. It's just a, you know, it's, and it's predictable uh, for the most part, which is fine with me. I like to see movies that are going to have a happy ending or something. You know, I love those kind of movies. I yeah. don't want to always see something that is gut-wrenching. Um, it has its moments, though, where you uh, really don't like the bad guys in the film. Um, but it, it, it is... Uh, Another person said it was like the old Disney movies, and that's what I was shooting for. I wanted it to be like the Sunday night Disney movie that you couldn't wait to see mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah. You know? Um, so 
So that's that's the movie I was looking for, the O Yellers and the uh, that type movie. I mean, that's that's a great compliment. I mean, <laughs> you it know, it is to me because that's what I wanted. You know, I wasn't I wasn't seeking to. I, I had someone tell me that I should uh, have the little girl uh, sexually abused, and I said, "There's no way in this world I would have that child's innocence taken." That is not. You know, this is early on when I first started sending the script out and wasn't sure if I was going to direct it or not. And I got some comments from a couple of people and said, oh, well, do you do this and you're going to win this or it's going to do this. And I just, I stuck to my guns on the whole thing. I guess you could say I, I wanted to make sure that it was the film that I was wanting people to see, that everybody could see. Well, that's good. That's good. That's, you know, I mean... Yeah, everybody's going to have their own opinion. And That's right. If you and uh, it's it's truly remarkable. Um, uh, you have to get a tough skin, or just just stay away from the internet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and some people just sit around all day, and that's what they love to do is is tear things apart. Mm-hmm. But there's this film though has gotten the five dove rating, um, and the the dove seal of approval. It's got it, we won kids first best independent film age 12 to 18 division uh so we have their endorsement and we've screened uh in one uh, in several other festivals so it's been wonderful mm-hmm. now you said your daughter was in the film yes lily now uh, was it difficult separating mom from <laughs> from daughter actor as you know being the director yeah it was yeah, that was tough uh at times but she was a total professional for the most part um with Lily, uh, I didn't want a, uh, a polished actor. I wanted a, a, a southern, a real southern accent. I wanted a real uh, little girl in that role, and uh, Lily really fought for it. I didn't just give it to her. She read, mm-hmm. she memorized and read it, and I was going to hold auditions. And uh, when my line producer came in, he goes, "What are you doing? This is this is your do- this is Lily, the character Lily." Um, and, and uh, she wanted it, and of course I didn't want to let the mom take over, and and uh, but she she really worked for it. Yeah, and good. And she she's real, and that's what I wanted—a real little girl. Yeah. yeah. Now, being your first film that you directed, um, having actors like uh, Diane Ladd, who has been nominated for an Oscar, and Bernie Casey, and uh, you know Lee Majors, and George Lindsay, and, and all the others. Was it? Were you intimidated at all? You know, being taking control of them on the on on screen. I was really nervous, um, but I I knew what I wanted. I think that's what it was. I, I really knew what I wanted. Um, and the first day that I had every one of them on the set, and actually that scene is cut. Um, it's around the, the kitchen table, and every single one of them, George. Uh, Richard Tyson, Diane Lee Majors, Graham Greene—they're all sitting around this kitchen table, and it was—and with food and and things. It's uh, someone told me that uh, to choose my first feature film as a director, I did all of the the things: having kids, having water, having animals, and having food. And those—it's the toughest thing for a director to do. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess I did all of it in the first film. Um, Get it out of the way. <laughs> I directed a short before uh, this to make sure I wanted to, to be a director on this one. And um, But this one was, was, when they came to set, I went and met with, uh, I met Diane, 
but when I met with Lee for the first time, he was just so laid back. I mean, you know, they were great, all of them. They were they listened to me. Bernie Casey, uh, he just would listen. They all listened to what I wanted, and if they had suggestions, I always listened to them. So I think it's about um, having an open relationship, and if you're not sure about something, let the actor go and then you can take it from there if you see some changes you want to make. And mm-hmm. um, They'll play it. These are professionals. They're, they're, they just know, and they're not afraid to listen to a new director. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. And, and we had Bernie on the show a couple of uh, weeks back, and um, he, he was such a great guest. Uh, I mean, it, he, he seems so nice. I mean, He is nice, and yeah. he, he, he uh, demands the audience on this movie. I mean, he, he commands it. it. It just is a, it's heart-wrenching, uh, but it's a wonderful scene between Lily, uh, our relationship, not just one scene, they do several, between Lily, the character Lily, and the character of Amos is pretty amazing. Um, and it gives some of the horrible background uh, of the time of him being younger in the South, and but it also shows both sides in the film. But he he handles that very well. Yeah, and, and Bernie, he's I know he's you know he's done a lot of comedies and things like that. But his when you see him on film, it's he seems to have this presence that demands respect. Um, he he just seems uh, and and I don't you know the first thing I think of is is like a Sidney Poitier type. Yes, and they're good friends. Oh, they are. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. But uh, you know, he just has that 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 aura about him, and and he seems, you know, he, when he's acting, you, you just want to see him. It's you know, he draws well, I, you in. I think I wish more people would give him dramatic roles because what he does with this character is just is so beautiful, um, and he's such a beautiful human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really enjoyed working with him. Now, um, this film uh, actually has led to some other things for you, and uh, your next project, I understand, is going to be uh, starring Hilary Duff? Yes, the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, a lot of controversy over this. Oh, really? Uh, it's been kind of crazy. <laughs> what, what, why a controversy? Um, I guess people, um, you know, they always say the first Bonnie and Clyde with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, but that was not the first. I call that the, you know, uh, there was one in 1959, the Bonnie Parker story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their Fox did a uh, TV true story of Bonnie and Clyde in the early 90s. So there's been several different films out about Bonnie and Clyde. I've been interested in Bonnie and Clyde before I ever saw the 67 version. Um, and because of an old newspaper that was found in um, an abandoned house that my parents had on their property at one point. And it was in a trunk, and it was about Bonnie and Clyde. And I wrote a research paper in high school. I became really fascinated in their story. And in the 90s, I was driving to do a movie called Toy Soldiers, and I was working as a set PA, and I started writing a script. And I put it aside when I found out Fox was doing a version. But it's been in my mind for 30 years. I'm 46, so for 30 years to do this. And when I formed my company back in 01, um, I knew it was going to be one of the projects. And so I, w- I did The Mirror and When I Find the Ocean uh, first feature, and so I decided this was going to be next. 
when we made the announcement about uh, Hillary Duff and Kevin Zegers coming on uh, as our two leads, it went nuts. I had no idea. We were just announcing our cast. Mm. And, uh, I had no idea what response I was going to get from that. And it went, it's been crazy. Um, with people saying they didn't want to see another version of Bonnie and Clyde, which is really sad. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, yes, there will always be the, cl- the classic 67 right. um, version. But there's more to the story. There's mm-hmm. so much more to the story. And um, I think it's really sad that we want to uh, restrain people from telling stories in different ways. Yeah. And, I mean, we're going to do the movie, and, and then I guess Faye came out and said something negative about Hillary, and then Hillary came back and said something back, uh, and it went back and forth. It became this big thing all over the news, mm, and a uh, zillion different websites, and all this, these people talking back and forth. So what we have seen is a lot of people want to see another version of Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. and it's been 42 years. There's two you know new generations since then, and... Uh, there's more, I, and I get really into the characters of, uh, especially Clyde, because he is really the driving force that causes them to be what they become. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Hillary's going to be fabulous. She, yes, she was a Disney star, and uh, she has not done a lot of dramatic stuff. But I think I know she's going to be great in this role. Yeah, she's she's um... Kevin for sure. Kevin was in Transamerica, the Jane Austen Book Club, and he also was a kid actor in Airbud. Mm-hmm. But uh, what a talent he is. And we just signed on Cloris Leachman. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Lee Majors is also in this film as Lee Simmons, the warden. Um, and several of my cast from When I Find the Ocean will be appearing back in this one. And we've just made offers to about 30 other cast members in the last two days. Wow. So it's a huge cast. Um but it is not the same version as the 67. Yes, it will hit on what happened to them, and, and you know, we all know that they, the tragedy of the, the ending, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, I mean, you know, people have made many versions of Jesse James and, right. yeah. you know, Wyatt Earp and, you know, OK Corral, all these different things, but this has been truly an eye-opener for people taking ownership and these two characters. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I, but it's, this film is pretty intense, so I guess it's definitely the d- other end of the spectrum <laughs> from When I Find the Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Two different two different films. but Two different films. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're definitely... Um, but Lee and I, Lee Majors and I, have some other things, too, that we're announcing. So oh. um, we're doing another project together as oh. producers. So... So now, <laughs> so here you are. You're going to write, direct, <clears throat> excuse me, produce uh, all over again. So, so you either you know you enjoy it or you love the punishment, evidently, right? Well, <laughs> we're actually bringing on a couple of producers once I get started. So, we'll, but I am just hands on uh, from beginning to end. Like I go find my own locations. I I negotiate deals. I you know I just we do the music. Uh, my husband and I. My husband is Calvin Holly, who plays lead guitar with Little Richard, and uh, uh-huh. uh, we produced the soundtracks together. We did When I Find the Ocean, and great, great artist on that, and um, the score we did at Skywalker Ranch, but the, the songs and, that we recorded were done at my studio, mm. um, which is Cypress Moon Studios. It was formerly uh, 
the Muscle So Sound studios. Yeah, yeah. With great artists such as Bob Dylan, Bob Seger, Paul Simon, all these great people recorded, and, and we did our music there as well. So, yes, I do. All, I, we do all of it. Boy, you're <laughs> you're really busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's just uh, uh, something that uh, we're just hands-on with all of it. And when it's your own company, you know, you just, I, I don't know, well, maybe at a point there will be a time when I can really be focused in different directions. Um, we have another project coming up after Bonnie and Clyde that uh, is a trilogy. You know, we've just we've optioned uh, books for a, a murder mystery series. Hopefully, we'll turn into a TV series. So we've got a lot of things we're really uh, trying to build Cypress New Studios up into different avenues. Mm. Now, where is where is that located in California or? Oh. No, we actually, our studio, we bought a studio in Alabama. Uh, like I said, it's the old Muscle Shoals Sound Recording Studio that was the studio from 78 until we bought it in 2005. And uh, we actually shot several scenes of When I Find the Ocean inside the studio. Mm. And uh, we also still do our recordings there. Ah, yeah. Right on the Tennessee River, Sheffield, Alabama. Uh, we've opened an office in Philadelphia, Mississippi, which is about four hours south and we will be opening an office in nashville and louisiana soon so we're expanding hmm, that's good good that, everything doesn't have to be in in la <laughs> no it does, i fly there all the time and you know i do uh my meetings and and whenever i have to i was you know we fly to, to do what we have to do and um come back and uh work out of our studio yeah it must be nice to be away from the distractions of L.A. when you have your crew. and, and It is, because, you know, it, it takes you two hours to go five miles sometimes. And, yeah. and that, you know, I, we're so used to, you know, going 20 miles in, in uh, 30 minutes. So it's, 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 a, it's a whole different ballgame. Things move at a different pace. Yeah, because I, I interviewed uh, John Wesley Shipp, who was uh, the Flash, and he was in Dawson's Creek. And he was telling me that Dawson's Creek was filmed... Um, on the east coast rather than in, in la and he said it was just like you know it was a whole different atmosphere and more relaxed and the actors they didn't get into the you know going out every night and partying and then coming to work and, and things like that and he said it was a, it was a nice way to work so that's what it sounds like you know your films would be like it is and it's a great place to raise a family you know i i we have three children together my husband and i and um so it's a great place to raise a family and of course, you know, all, all three of our kids want to get into the music and the uh, film business. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it's kind of crazy that they're still living here. And um, they're probably going to have to do work in L.A. because to, to actually get in as an actor, I think you really right. you really have to make some decisions for New York or L.A. And um, uh, so that's, you know, they're all working really hard. I've got one uh, in college. Uh, my stepson is uh, down in Auburn, Alabama. And... Uh, then we Lily is soon to be well she's 16 and Abby's 13 so, so we still try to do the family keep our family as, as you know uh, normal as possible yes yes that's for sure Jeez. Um, now uh, when I find the ocean um, is there a website that our listeners can go to to find out uh, where the film will be showing absolutely and uh, uh, it's uh, www. Uh, Cypress, C-Y-P-R-E-S-S, moonproduction.com. 
and there's no S on production. So it's cypressmoonproduction.com. Mm-hmm. And so there they can get the, the, the locations and times and dates and things of when the film will be playing? Yes, and we also have a MySpace for when I find the ocean. So uh, we've got that up on the MySpace as well. Okay, great. I'm going to have to remember to make a link, you know, be, become one of your friends. On we MySpace. do. We've got a lot going on. You know, we, we should uh, definitely um, uh, get some of the, the musicians on there, too, for the, the soundtrack. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, you know, we've uh, for the soundtrack on uh, When Up on the Ocean, we've got Jimmy Hall, who, who was with Wet Willie. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Marty Rabin, uh, who was with Shenandoah. Russell Smith, The Amazing Rhythm Aces. Wow. Um, Hart, Keb There's It's a great soundtrack. Gee, yeah. And, and now, are they any are they new songs specifically made for the film? Some or? of them are new, and then some of them are uh, re-recorded, and uh, um, and some of them are existing songs that are out there just mm-hmm. uh, that we put on the soundtrack. Wow, that sounds like a good one. Um, you know, so it's it's just in the great players on there that uh, like David Hood, uh, who played on so many songs, it's, it's amazing because he's one of the swampers. Which in the in the song Sweet Home Alabama, there's a verse that says Muscle Shoals is Muscle Shoals has got the swampers. They've been known to pick a song or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, they get me off so much to pick me up when I'm feeling blue. The swampers is a is a uh, a rhythm section from here in this area. Oh, really? Shoals, Alabama. Um, and they played on everything. I mean, the Stones and you name it, they all came and recorded in Muscle Shoals in the 70s. Hmm. Wow. Rod Stewart, it's just crazy. Yeah. It was known as the hit recording capital of the world at the time. Huh. There were more hits coming out of Muscle Shoals than anywhere else in the world. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we bought that studio. David Hood still has an office at our, at our studio. Great songwriters with hits all over the world. I mean, it's just it's a it's a lot of music out of this area. Oh. Now, on your soundtrack, did your husband play any of the music? Oh yeah, he's he's on all the tracks that we recorded. He is the lead guitarist. Yeah, wow. And uh, you know, he's like I said, he tours with Little Richard. In fact, he just got back this morning. Um, tours with Little Richard and and the Amazing Rhythm Aces, and he's also in a local band called the Decoys. Uh, with Scott Boyer, who was formerly with Cowboy, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's, you know, they have a local band as well. So, so you're both pretty busy. <laughs> we are. We both are. But, you know, we always try to make sure that uh, one of us are here with our kids if we're traveling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. It's a, it's a real family affair. The film itself. It is. It really is. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, uh, I mean, we've. I've got so many people involved that are family members and. Um, lot of history in my on my side of the family as well with um, my dad my late father um, the hacker brothers and related to Elvis Presley and Elvis used to used to come and see my great-grandpa who was his great uncle and um, uh, he I mean all of uh, my dad's young life you know they they were about the same age mm-hmm. and um, he came I remember when he came to my great-grandpa's funeral so when Elvis was, you know, he always promised anyone in the family that wanted to be in the entertainment business when they turned 18 to come and see him. Well, he died when I was around 15. No. So I always had planned to go do that because at, at the time I wanted to be an actress. And uh, um, 
But that, that's just an interesting story. Elvis was very involved with the family. Oh, yes. So, well. A lot, lot of connections there. My mother's a songwriter. Yeah. Oh, yes, a lot of <laughs> a lot of family involvement. That's great. It is. You know, my, uh, with my mother, the songwriting, that's how she and my dad met. And my mother wrote, uh, she had songs cut by George Jones, Tammy Wynette, uh, Carl Perkins, just, um, you know, just a great, great songwriter. Hmm. Well, so that's where my writing skills, I believe, come comes from is, is my family, my mother and my father. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tanya, um, thank you so much for joining us. It's been, been a pleasure hearing all about your films. And, um, uh, you know, good luck with When I Find the Ocean. And... Thank you. It's, uh, Carmike is, is, is doing an independent film series, and we're just honored to be a part of it. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, give people a chance. It, I mean, film festivals are nice and everything, you know, but it, it is limited on who can see it. And, uh, you know, now that you've got a national release, it's going to have uh, the uh, visibility that it deserves. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've always thought it should be seen on the big screen, so this is great. And, and it's just a rare opportunity when a movie goes from DVD backward into theaters. It's just, it's just wonderful. Uh, we're all uh, very excited about it. Great. Yeah, that's good, yeah. So I'm sure it'll have a whole new life on DVD after this is done, too. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure it will. Definitely hoping for. Well, Tanya, thank you once again very much. Thank you so much, and I uh, look forward to talking with you again. Yes. Well, I want to thank Tanya so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, she told us a lot of nice uh, information about uh, When I Find the Ocean, which comes out on May 11th, and also about her new film that's coming out. And she's also got other stuff that's in the works, and so hopefully she'll uh, keep us informed about what's going on, because we like to hear what's going on and let you all know about it. And uh, like I said, we um, also are going to be talking to some other people this week, uh, for people who are in the movie, and I, I told you before, the, yesterday, that uh, I can't tell you yet who it is, only because the reason I don't tell you is because <clears throat> it is not, uh, you know, I haven't actually done the recording yet, so I would hate to tell you who the person is, and if something came up that they couldn't make it or something like that, that, um, you know, I wouldn't want to disappoint anybody. So that's about it right now for On Screen and Beyond, episode 47. Coming up in a couple of days, episode 48. They're coming right at you. We're working toward our 50th show with an Oscar-winning actor as our guest. And it's right here on On Screen and Beyond coming up very soon. So stick around. We hope you'll be here for all the shows. And if you have any suggestions, send them to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And if you have a suggestion on who you'd like to have on the show or anything like that, let us know. We'll see what we can do. Never know if we can get them, but we'll try. All right? So until next time, very shortly, this is Brian saying take care.